You're listening to Common Ride with me, a podcast about stunt-filled shows full of heroes. I'm James Dorrington, and I'm your expert. I'm James Baker. I'm your newcomer. And on this week, we watch Common Rider 01, episodes 18 through 20. And... Action! Hello, everyone. If I see you this week, it's, it's us. Come ride with me. How you feeling, James? Doing pretty good. Excited to get back into talking about some more Zero One. Uh, we had a lot to catch up on this week. Three full episodes for you guys to listen to us recap. And then uh, next week, we're checking out Comrade Black. So it's been a fun-filled week. I kind of watched everything all today. So my mind is just all Comrade at the moment. So I'm pretty stoked about talking about it today. How about you, James? No, people are going to be very excited because like Kamen Rider Black is very popular. Like it's like one of those ones that like is just like it was a cultural like touchstone in the eighties. So like it's one that people would be excited to hear from. Yeah, and like watching it today is kind of like that suit is what I'm familiar with when I heard Kamen Rider for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the suit that Aruto wears in Zero One is like new to me, and you know we've been bouncing back and forth from like old uh, Toku shows and Kamen Rider shows and. The suits have changed over the years, but that suit is what I'm familiar with. And like too, I'm like we're watching black, like mostly to like get to looking at like the first like American like um Mast Rider, which is this really weird, like mid nineties, like let's all be in high school and have like hijinks show mm-hmm. that was like not only like trying to be Power Rangers, but also crossed over with Power Rangers, which is like really funny. Yeah, we would have to do like a uh we would have to do like a pod episode for that. Cause I remember watching that when I grew up. Or when I was growing up, but I don't remember what happened. But uh, I remember waking up early in the morning and watching that, uh, VR Troopers, and all the other hits when I was a kid. So we definitely have to do like a special episode whenever we go to uh, Mass Rider. Into um, VR Trooper was like three different shows, I think. It was like three or four different shows like with their footage mashed like into one, which is really weird. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just um, they really wanted something to fill time for when like um they weren't showing power rangers but also like uh, there were lots of shows that like got canceled around that time like like there was no more like common rider there was no more like metal hero kind of stuff so like they like launched these franchises that were kind of like going on like a break or ending like in japan what was that term used before or used metal what so metal heroes that's like metal heroes okay that's kind of like in like the top five like franchise sets in like Toku, um, like it had like uh, the shows that made VR Troopers and the shows that made Beetleborgs both came from that. Okay, and uh, it um got taken off the air in the mid nineties, like around like ninety seven, ninety eight. So like it like ended right as they were trying. When you take like Kamen Rider, like Super Sentai, and like Ultraman, and like Garo, and like Metal Hero, those are, like the top five. Okay. I didn't. I never heard that term before. So now I know. <laughs> in the near future, we are going to look at definitely Ultraman and probably like Garo. We switched to doing like one show a week, which is like very fun. Like we had two very uh, looked at like 
two different movies and like it was like a lot of fun then like i liked that we'll get more time to look at more things and like have like more concise episodes too which is like a real benefit of it yeah so our new format is zero one bi-weekly and a little breaks in between would be like just uh fun episodes to get away from zero one for a little bit one more important thing to know like for the pod is that uh we have gotten some questions questions like more dms and more like one thing that um we've been asked so much is uh when are you going to watch blank and this has come up for um gokaiger ultraman mighty morphin comrade game lots of stuff and no we are totally going to get to like a lot of those things like i really want to look at like what's going on with mighty morphin but that's like a that's something that, like we can do like when we have like a real like focus there versus like let's look at like some less known things you know yeah i'm looking forward to covering all those shows <laughs> to be honest i'm game when the new sentai um mashin sentai kira major comes out are going to look at that probably not like zero one but like we might have like a one or two episodes on that um and for comrade or game that's such a weird show <laughs> it would definitely go beyond like our normal allotment of like what we want to look at in one episode to be able to accurately like gauge that show. So like that's something that like at least for that show, like no for Comrade Game, I'm working on a digestible way to see the themes. But that's a show that like uh is weird and goes places and changes drastically every <laughs> couple episodes. It's like wild. So that's more of an uh, advanced Comrade fan show. So uh for next time for Valentine's Day, we are going to look at Comrade Black. And some question for now, James. What have you been looking at this week? Uh, this week, um, I actually read a manga for the first time in a long time. And it was the new uh, Death Note one-shot that dropped the other day. And it was really good. But halfway through, I realized that I was reading it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, you. I'm so used to reading comic books. And I'm like reading like left or right. And I get like halfway through, I'm like, this is this shit isn't making sense. And I start reading right to left. Now I'm like, holy fuck. But somehow I was able to like keep up with what's going on. But uh, it, it was really fun. Um, I, I'm hoping that they turn that into like a mini series or some kind of like short movie or something like that. But just getting back to, into that world was really fun. And it makes me want to go back and rewatch uh, Death Note, which is uh, animated. I usually call my favorite. But it's been so long, I feel kind of bad calling it my favorite because I forgot pretty much all the plot points and hits. So I have to go check that out. And then other than that, um, another anime that I've been checking out, um, one of my old school favorites is Cowboy Bebop. And I just forgot how great of an anime that is. And that is definitely back in my top five all time. It fell off over the couple of years, but it's totally back into it. Um, right now, I'm around... I think I'm in like episode 10 and I'm just taking my time with it. I do not want to binge it. I probably watch like one or two episodes a night and I call it quits. And I just, I'm just coasting with that. And then um, from there, I'm probably going to keep on watching some old school anime because I feel like a lot of anime that have been coming out recently are kind of getting too familiar. It's been becoming like a copycat anime league and which is okay. There's still good stuff out there, but nothing compares to old school anime. Um, what have you been up to, James? You committed like the like um nerd like version of like not real like not realizing that you were like wearing your glasses while you were trying to find your glasses like you 
Yo, I felt so like, I was just like, wow. Like, I felt like I was like reading a textbook upside down, but somehow you could like still read the words even though they're upside down. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then like, it just got to this point. Uh, if you guys haven't read it, um, I'm pretty sure you've probably seen clips of it on uh, either Twitter or the internet. They put Donald Trump in it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was fucking wild. They had Donald Trump in a Death Note manga, which is wild. And that just shows you where the times are right now. Like, they're not afraid to just throw our, the president of the United States into a situation where he can end up killing all humanity. Or <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty fun. You guys should definitely check it out. Don't want to spoil it for you guys. So after the first season of um, Grappler Baki came out, like I um, watched something on like YouTube about it. And then um, like I got like a suggestion that was for like its new chapters. And like it was like uh, in the chapters, like the villain was negotiating with the U.S. So there's like like just like this. Uh, it had two two bits of the chapter. One was where like Donald Trump was like pissing himself. And one was where like the main villain like was in like a locker room and like had like an erection while Hillary Clinton was watching. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's supposed to be about like fighting yeah, stuff. What What's happening, manga? What's going on? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. That was the first time I heard about that. I've been wanting to watch Grappler Baki, but I haven't had a chance to, but just seeing like our presidents in manga, like in those situations, just fucking crazy. And, Oh man, like I don't really know how they look upon the U.S. right now to put us in stuff like that, but is it, I don't think it's good. <laughs> and speaking of our president, I want—I don't want to turn this into a political podcast. No, but did you see it. that he thought that he thanked the state of Kansas for winning the session? <laughs> Yo, oh my god, bro! <laughs> hey, I Kansas. Didn't watch that Super Bowl, but I was glad for both those teams. I was like, you haven't been here for a while, huh? Like, good for you. And, like, I yeah. think, like, Kansas had been there for 50 years, and it was, like, Super Bowl 53 or 54. So, good for them. Yeah, I'm a huge sports guy, and that was one of the, I want to say one of the best I've seen in my life's lifetime. But over the course of, like, the last couple of years, it's one of my favorites so far. Like, you said, fresh, no Patriots, <laughs> no teams that yeah. we've seen in the last five years. So, it was, it was pretty fun. Hey, I'm from New England. I'm glad the Patriots weren't near it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but hopefully it stays like that for the rest of my life. Sorry, yeah, Patriots that's fair. Uh, but no, um, so one thing for me worth bringing up is that actually um, there is a new podcast where you can hear me every week coming out soon on Valentine's Day. Oh, nice. You didn't tell me about this. No, it's a me and my girlfriend are like... Um, making this show it's called um no reflections reflecting on vampires in media so starting on valentine's day like we're um looking at things like i think um the first episode we're comparing twilight to 50 shades of gray and then after that um we're watching the first season of like vampire diaries and then like um reading through and like comparing that to wuthering heights Oh, that'd be fun. Is this your Valentine's Day gift to her? (laughs) 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 Babe, I didn't get you anything this year, but I want to start a podcast with you. (laughs) That's like the opposite, like of a that's very much the opposite, like of like a gift, like a podcast. I don't know. It might turn into a fun bonding experience and strengthen your relationship. So that's kind of like a gift. Yeah, but um 
one thing she forgets is that I um, am like nice to her, but she hasn't seen me on a podcast. So I'm oh, just going to pull out some shit. I'm going to be like, oh, uh, you're going to call her out, huh? Yeah, I'm going to call <laughs> her out. Uh, but no, it is like a like vampire theme, like imperative, like lit ish, like podcast. But we'll get raunchy. Like if you thought um, what we said was happening to cows was bad. Wait till we wait till vampires. <laughs> that sounds fun, man. Oh, yeah. Um, for pop culture, I've been playing God of War, the like sequel slash like reboot, which is very good. It's like it's it's a nuanced story about like a father and like a son bonding and like a guy like coming to terms with like his anger and like his rage. It sucks that like like I like wish that like it hadn't started with like with a like woman dying to spur men to have emotion but still it's like a fun story despite that like overdone plot point you know like trope i guess is this a game you've been sitting on for a while or did you just buy it i got it like last month for like ten dollars which is like a really good that's where i was getting at yeah because i want to play it but i didn't want to drop like 60 bucks on it because uh i'm a cheap ass but you say you got it for 10 bucks what was this uh like a holiday sale or something or amazon uh like New Year's sale, I think, which is like good for it. Like, well, if you ever see that sale again, let me know because I'm definitely gonna cop that. For a second, I was gonna say like, oh, and like you can borrow. I was like, oh, we live in the future. That's not allowed anymore. <laughs> we can't do that. Yeah, we live in the future where you can't borrow games or vote. Apparently, <laughs> but no. Uh, let's actually shift over to our topic for today, which is uh, Common Rider Zero One Eighteen through Twenty. And we're back, and for the first episode that looked at was episode 18 of Covenant Rider Zero One, this is my floristry. So we kind of left on a cliffhanger last time, like just from timing that we only saw one episode and then we took those like two weeks off. So what do you think of just to start like this episode? Uh, this was a really fun episode. Like you said, it was a follow up uh, to the previous episode. And, you know, uh, I was surprised that uh, they went this far as to have a rematch. I thought they were going to kind of cancel the whole, uh, what was it, best out of five or five battle forget the name of the actual tournament that they're having right now but i thought they're gonna like cancel it and like i went like what like three weeks from like watching episode 17 to like part two here which kind of sucked yeah so i was surprised they like went back to it and uh my only well not my only question but one of my questions that i have for you before we like dive deep into this episode is who is guy always playing chess with like do you always zoom into his chessboard and it's always like in the middle of a game, but I never see him playing it. Like, who the hell is this guy playing in chess? Or is this just like a decoration piece for his desk? I think it has a lot to do with him being like a douchebag. <laughs> Showing how he's like always five steps ahead of everybody. What'd you think of the episode? Um, I liked it a lot. It's like definitely uh, we're going into like a different flow for the show where it's getting like slightly more like formulaic for a while and like also like changing the way it's having the conversation it's like keeping like the the same themes i think but it's very concerned still about what is the reaction 
to there being AI? <laughs> like, what is that going to do, like, culturally to, like, humanity? And, like, I like the way that they're, for what it is, like, a very nuanced, like, approach to it. And, like, it's also, like, there's, like, a lot of fun happening here. Yeah, and an episode start, starts off with Aruto <clears throat> and Izu showing up at Grandmaster uh, Tachiban's home. And uh, I'm not sure if they made it clear in the last episode because it's been so long since we watched it. But uh, it's revealed that Tachiban pretty much sabotaged Sakuya's uh, floor design under the pre- pretense of giving her advice. Mm-hmm. And then Guy shows up. And I was sure that he was going to be like, oh, no, he didn't cheat or whatever. But he seemed pretty upset set about pretty much like not winning the right way, which was very like shocking to me. But come out, comes to find out that he's just like not want to get involved with a lawsuit, which is typical guy. He's just looking out for himself and his company. I think that's part of the act, honestly, though. Like, I think he's oh, okay. like trying to like make things look as good faith as possible just to push the buttons. Like, I think he's really trying to like break mentally like Aruto. So you read it as he really doesn't care. He just wants to seem like, oh no, like let's do a rematch. He's trying to find like as many ways as possible to like prick at like <clears throat> who Aruto is and like his caring. Cause like when you're like somebody like who's like so nihilistic, who's like so like just who's so hateful, I guess is the right word, or like away from hope. It sucks. Like, he hates that Aruto is somebody who's happy and, like, who believes in something. And, like, he's trying to break that, I think, is the, like, and, like, this just gave him, like, another chance to break that, I think. Yeah, and that goes to, like, uh, something else that I wanted to discuss with you was, uh, um, while they're talking about this rematch, Aruto asks guys what kind of relationship did him and his grandfather have. Mm-hmm. And then Guy brings up that they're pretty much partners on a project 12 years ago. And he's like, 12 years ago? And then he shows him the photo. And this guy didn't age at all. And Aruto asks him, how old is he? He says 24, which comes to find out that that was a lie. Izu scans him and finds out that he's 45. He's forever 24. <laughs> uh, once that happened, I automatically thought that maybe he was like a new version of a human gear. But now I don't know, I like Saturn it for a couple of hours. I don't really think that's the case. What was your re- read on that? Um, I think that we're going to find out what it is, but like, it's like just part of making him like this, like grand, like very ostentatious, like gothic villain. It it just feels like they're like just vampire like. Yeah. Like it's like, like he hates youth and humanity and like legacy. So like, he's almost like a Dorian Gray figure. Like I wouldn't like be surprised if like at some point he loses a fight and like turns 45. Okay, because you know? he he mentioned something about like taking care of his skin or some something like that. I really didn't go back and like pay ten- too much attention on it, but I remember him saying something about his skin, and then Aruda was like, "What did he say?" So I I guess that was supposed to be left unsaid, but uh, I thought that was very interesting that he actually worked with uh, Aruda's grandfather, and then uh, I think after that, um, Fuwa confronts Yua about reactivating Hirobi, and then uh, the fight ensues. I didn't really yeah, think that fight was going to happen so soon, but I thought it was some really cool uh, gun choreography. And like, it's like interesting too because they um spent the time. They kind of like skip a lot of the like what in other shows might be like a more antagonistic relationship between like those main three writers. Like um, and like they went straight to them knowing 
who Cubman Rider Zero One was and like working together. So like I'm wondering if like that was just like them trying to have like suspense, like instead of like surprise. Like now that like we've seen these three these three people work together, now they're gonna fight. Like instead of them meeting and fighting and getting over it, it's them knowing each other and then still fighting, which is like could be more impactful or like Yeah, I think it works a lot better because like you said, I'm so used to the latter. Um, you know, like a group comes together, then they break up, then they get back together again. Uh, this is the inverse of that. And I'm actually really enjoying this take on, uh, you know, friends splitting up. And we pretty much already see Yua coming back to Hidden Intelligence uh, eventually. I but, think uh, she might be Guy's, like, daughter or, like, niece or, like, hmm. adopted daughter or something. That'd be interesting. Because he's definitely going to bat for her. He fucking almost ran over Fua in that truck <laughs> and then, like, hops out and fucking beats uh who was ass what'd you think about their fight i mean he pretty much brushed off every attack and he says all the attacks says i'm 1000 percent stronger than you <laughs> then uses jack rise jack breaking and does this crazy knee flying kick like he's fucking luke kane and then does a down yeah. a attack like smash bros <laughs> fucking just levels fool and just leaves him there like, they, like, really quickly, and, like, I get at this point in the show, we're less than halfway through, and, like, there's still more to come for, like, their upgrades and stuff, but he definitely, like, rocked all three of, like, the, like, Super Rider forms after he knows, like, what you can do just wrecking these guys. <laughs> yeah, like, it's been, like, what, four episodes straight just wrecking the whole crew, like, and not even coming close to being defeated. Like, uh, I, th- I guess he was playing a mind game with Fu with a assault, assault Wolf. Because I was like, okay, maybe a salt wolf is actually stronger than Shining Hopper. And then he just brushes off all the attacks. I'm like, this guy's a fucking badass. I'm still not a fan of the Jack Rise. <laughs> still not a fan of that uh, attack. But the Jack Breaking is fucking sick. That's one of my favorite moves of the show so far. I wish it wasn't called Jacking Break, but it's still like cool to like have him like steal their powers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the Jack Rise one, nah, we, we got to switch that up to something else. <laughs> Though I did like how he... Um, was standing on top of him when they ended the fight just to, like, to drive it home. Like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, he's a badass. Even though he's a douche, he's a badass. Towards the end, like, we get, like, that, um, them coming together, like, uh, the, um, Human Gear, Sakuya, and, um, the Master Tachibana, kind of, like, they reconcile, but only after, um, he's turned into, like, a raider. Where like he's now like a monster and like there's like a a like new figure that's probably for like Metsubo Jinra that like takes advantage of his mental state I guess and makes him like transform which is like, yeah like, kind of interesting about that I'm trying to figure something out um it's even going to the the most recent episode that we just watched so is it the Zaya specs that is that are turning these people into like basket cases or is it just dealing with guy that's like putting this like this mental stress on these these uh characters i can't really tell if it's just a combination of both or if it's just like i don't know i really can't call it right now i thought it was the specs that are like turning them mad because usually when they take the specs off they turn back into like a normal hu- human being if that's what you want to call it but it seems like when they're, when they're wearing the specs they're usually approached by the mysterious figure with the belt saying that uh it'll protect your heart so I don't know if that person knows something about the specs and like manipulating the technology and the specs or I don't know. What do you think? 
there are some people who like are happy with where they're at with what they're doing. And then there's like weird people like that need to be more like will never be happy. Like you're like um like I think the people that are being picked for these contests are like insecure. Like there's this like we only get like um in like the next set of episodes, somebody say human gears are, are like taking our jobs for the first time in like episode twenty two, which is like wild um that like it took that long for that to be a plot point. But um just for me like it like their insecurities are being like also amplified, like their like emotional state with their ability and it's just kind of like making them that much more vulnerable to being like made into monsters. Oh, that's what I was thinking too. I was thinking as though they're just vulnerable vulnerable human beings and they're just <laughs> like looking for any chance to get it even further ahead of these human gears because they don't want to lose to one. It, it appears your heart is broken and this will keep your fractured heart intact. Is what the... Um... Yeah, and, she, and then it sounds like a female. and She says that uh, she's a guide for humanity. So I don't really know what's going like, on. Like, I forget that. where we learned this, but she might be a ghost. I don't know. Like, Yeah, she's like tell. appearing and fucking with Fool for some reason. It's always Fool that's static, seeing yeah. this person. So maybe it's, maybe it's somebody that knows him. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I definitely like the idea, though, that um, part of being like a perfect human being and like it's not like have you spent like much time with like Jungian psychology or no uh not really so one thing that like um it talks about is like you can separate people into like different primal archetypes basically like um king magician warrior lover and like that um it's like oh when you are somebody who is caring for and leading people in a perfect way that does not have too much ego like or like what have you that's when you're like a king but then there's like these like weird like shadow versions like it's like um i can't help but seeing here like there are people that are um so insecure and um so possessed that like um they're like being pushed towards being like these weird like twisted versions of themselves and like of what they strive to be and like they're like not letting go and not allowing like w- what they're learning so far seems to be oh i need to learn to lose Ooh, i should move on actually to the like how the like next two episodes do you want to close out with uh yeah saying like what's next for uh i mean human hu- pretty much humans could turn into magiers now i think that's a yeah, big that's deal a big thing before we leave episode 18 i think we should like at least shed light on that because <laughs> i'm like what the fuck is going on like he turned into crushing buffalo and it just was going off but, yeah that was weird um and they don't spend much time on it this episode compared to like the next two but yeah like, that's why cool, i wanted to go back yeah. That that just adds another dynamic to the show now. Like, not only do we have to worry about human gears uh, getting taken advantage of and the arc turning him into my gears, but we also have humans being taken advantage of by uh, the I guess call it a raider for now, the mysterious figure. Is that what we want to call it? Yeah, they're like a second kind of monster, I guess, for the series. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention that before we. Move yeah, because um, like it went from um this like mysterious force that could put a belt on somebody and make them become a monster versus like now um, if you experience like a like very low moment or if you are like a human, you can now become like a monster and that's way scarier, but like it's not being treated the same, I guess, because there's not like a concrete like terrorist force who's like declared themselves, but it's like definitely scarier now than it was. Like even if it 
feels like the world's more normal. If that makes sense. Yeah, and the only thing that uh, I wouldn't say the only problem that I have with this episode, but the only thing that I wish that they would have changed was when uh, Bowser was actually you know about to kill Crushing Buffalo and. Aruto was pretty much fighting yeah. for his life to save this guy's life. And then Bowser just crushes him. I thought that he was actually dead, but yeah, he, he survived. That. I kind of wished that he would have died to like raise the stakes, but I thought that was kind of lame. I don't know, they were me. able to get their lesson out and like their moment yeah. between like humans and like human mm-hmm. gear better that way. But it did feel like that was the perfect chance for like that to happen to like have those have those major stakes be established but yeah you're right because not only do we have that happening but we have like human gears getting destroyed and come back the very next episode some kind of like death doesn't really exist in the show anymore <laughs> like nobody's yeah, not dying. being corrupted anymore in the same way but also <laughs> like the only person that's been dead for real for real is Jin. that's about it right and like, like a lot of the human gear that um like we're like in their arcs in the first half for like that first chunk those like they died they were just like brought back as like that same face but like a new memory versus like now like there's whole memories being restored because they're not being corrupted by uh, like that driver you know yeah i do think that like could have been more focused on the fact that they introduced like a new monster and like have it in one fight because like, it's like keeping up with like like shining like a salt hopper pretty well. It's like we should like talk about this, which like next time they kind of do better. For episode nineteen, uh, we changed to uh, a like real estate competition and also yeah. like a more like comedy arc, I guess too. Yeah, this was a fun episode. This is my favorite episode out of the three. Uh, as soon as it came on, I was really excited to see a real estate take on uh, this whole human versus uh, human gear concept that they have. Um, I was actually thinking about getting into real estate this year. So I was kind of looking forward to, you know, seeing uh, how they worked this out. But it was pretty fun. What did you think of the episode? For me, like, I was expecting that they'd probably do, like, um, lawyer stuff in, like, the competition. Kind of like, it seems like in, like, uh, for next time, like, those two episodes, it will be. But, yeah, like, I like wasn't, like, expecting, like, house selling or, or like, floristry kind of stuff. So it's, like... Yeah, I'm kind of cheating myself because I don't really watch the uh, the end of the episode, like the preview of the next episode. I kind of like keeping myself like surprised. So this is a cool surprise. But maybe I should start looking forward to the next episode so I can have an idea what to expect. No, it's probably better that you don't because I think uh, we're at the point where there might be like things that w- would be like really interesting surprises mm-hmm. around this time, like they're like we're not even halfway through the series so in the next like 10 or so episodes there's probably going to be like some new stuff happening like if that makes sense at all um but no so this has the start of now izu can can break the fourth wall and there's like a weird carpenter that like loves (laughs) to like drill and there's like a um blonde couple who just like doesn't talk there's lots of like weird humor or stereotypes or like comedy archetypes that like i i'm not sure what they are you know (laughs) i like actually a lot more than uh the last human um i forget his name but the um uh the human house salesman here he's like a very good character oh tatsumi oh yeah his first name i'm not even gonna try to pronounce that shit (laughs) 
No, yeah, that's fair. But, like, he definitely has, like, an arc. Um, His arc is, like, very cool. Where, like, he was, like, poor as a kid, and now he's trying to, like, like make money, and he, like, wants to not live that life anymore that he was. Yeah, and this was super fun, too, to have, uh, is it, I'm gonna say Miss Smile. (laughs) What the fuck is her first name? Samita? Yeah, Sumita Smile. Samita Smile. Like, just the duality of the two, because... Uh, when we first see like the little back and forth between them trying to sell uh, a house to their client, she takes more of a personal relationship to her clients, more looking for their needs versus how much money they have. And he has this like wolf on Wall Street type attitude approach to making the sale. So just those two dualities of being a real estate agent is was really fun to see. Yeah. And like I um really here to like appreciate how um more so than like a lot of the other like human gears she seems very confused by the nuances of what she's doing like she's just like i'm just trying to smile and help people why does it matter like and like i think in the next episode too it's like why does it matter how much house costs like what it looks like like if it's like actually like fits you or like your needs that's all that should matter right yeah and that's pretty much what she's programmed to do I'm pretty sure they could like reprogram her to like, you know, manipulate someone into buying something that they can't even afford. Pretty much what Tasumi does for a living. But uh, yeah, this is this is pretty fun to see. Um, it's just wild that the first thing that uh, Tasumi does once he's given the yeah the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, what what is it the right the Raider belt the, the the Raid Riser Raid Riser puts a belt yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the first thing he does is go to to wreck the apar- uh, apartment that she's about to sell or the house. <laughs> I'm like, that's fucking wild. Like he's that insecure about losing to, you know, Miss Mile that he has to go and destroy a whole building to prevent her from making a sale. That was wild. And like, I like love how like when he's like celebrating, he's listening to country music like in his office alone. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, you destroy someone's house destroyed their house then like went home to be like i have sold two more houses yeah he has he had more issues than tachibana for sure like he had he was struggling with like doing the right thing because the guy was like the one that was in his office with him he was like why are you selling buildings and then he goes into this sad tangent about you know growing up in poverty and only having one bathroom then he goes something like that (laughs) it's kind of like he's trying to forget where he came from because all he cares like, about yeah. is living in that big ass house. Is why he became a real estate agent. And you feel for him, like, and like, I felt like for um, Chibana too, because he like was like, I've spent my whole life learning this. I want to be the best. I hate that that could not be the case for Tatsumi. It's like, okay, I want to make sure that I have a comfortable life. That I'm not like exposing myself or like my my family to like those same conditions and like he's seeing like his memories in black and white and all this stuff. And he's like very clearly like just thinking, I don't want to go back to that. Like I want to like do better. Yeah. He just like, he like loses the fight once Fuga shows up, but then he like grabs like Sumita and like puts her in like a lake. Yeah. Even before that, like, yeah. 
he was just being a dick the whole time. But he did ask a really good question. He was like, what will happen if human gears win this competition? What will happen to humans? Pretty much like human real estate agents. And that kind of reminded me of like what's actually going on in the real world, like with real estate agents versus like apps like Zillow. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of people are afraid of like it being so easy to buy a home from an app that real estate agents are pretty much non-existent in the future. So that was a really good question. And that kind of like hit hit me hard when I when he asked that question. And it was kind of like he went on a tangent about she's never laid in the bed. She never, you know, cooked in the kitchen, which is a good argument that apps like Zillow would never take over completely like owning real estate. So you have those two things like do people really care about, you know, like an app not <laughs> actually like putting themselves in the living conditions that they're about to sell this house for. And, you know, they want like a personal relationship with their real estate agent. I thought that was really cool. There's a point where guy kind of like talks to him and like makes him like get fired up to go and mess with Sumita in the way that he does that, like makes her reach like a low point where she can get hacked and like turn in to like a like human gear mm-hmm. and then um when guy shows up later he's like oh um he's wearing white gloves and like a white like umbrella and stuff it's like okay you fucking vampire like what are you doing but <laughs> uh, <laughs> no like um there's something where like he's talking about like um like corrupting them with like their negative like the negative singularity and like emotion and like making them no longer viable. Yeah. So it's like you said, it's the way that the arc pretty much hacks the human gears now. And like, one thing is that, um, he tells Aruto who with his like shark form, like in the fountain, like actually puts up the best fight so far. <laughs> like he says they are aid. Um, they're aid with no ego, which means that they're instinct, but no goals, which is like interesting to say, okay, these are actually, um, beings with the capacity of people with greater like output, but they, um, their instincts aren't like to like have sex or eat or like be safe They're to do real estate or like be a barber or like be a cop kind of thing, but they don't actually have anything they want, which is like a very interesting, like case, like ontologically for like, Oh, <laughs> this is actually terrifying to, like thinking like the basis of why people like don't like AI is, Oh, they don't actually have a concept of like self and like goals in the same way, which is like very scary. I think. Yeah. What else did Tusami or Tsumi said? He said like, like when she's smiling, she's her smile is hollow. Like she doesn't even know why she's smiling, which like you said, is very eerie when you start thinking about it like that. And I think so far from watching the show, this or this antagonist has probably made the most sense about why people would dislike human gears to me. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm in a camp of being against AI um, living amongst, amongst us, but I feel like that's a fear that we would always have in the back of our head. Like what's stopping this thing from just taking over and doing what the hell it wants to do if it's programmed to do that. But uh, yeah, this was a fun episode. Um, also, amazing suit. The splashing well suit was fucking sick. Yeah, it's great. Probably one of my favorites so far. And that fucking cape, bro. Anytime you put a cape <laughs> on one of these mod gears, I'm in. <laughs> There's certain kind of monsters who um are called like 
Kamen Rider likes. And I guess, like, so far, like, the Raiders, like, have all been called, like, Kamen Rider likes. Like, because they're very similar to, like, a Rider. They're not, like, a Rider, but they have a belt, and they're, like, transforming, and, like, they have, like, powers. And, yeah, like, I like how these do feel. This is somebody trying to fight with these powers versus, like, this is a machine animal kind of thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, let's uh transition. And that was... um. 19, she is a home-selling human gear, and we're uh, transitioning to episode 20. That is a thousand percent the best house. Uh, Not a lot happened in this one. Um, it was very interesting because it's pretty much like a wrap-up from the previous episode since everything went bad. But uh, I thought it was a cool closeout to the two-episode arc. Um, I really liked the character uh, Oshirio. Is that how you say his name? Um, I liked how they pretty much had him in the middle of his battle between the Smile and Tasumi, and him being the deciding factor of uh, who's the winner and who's not. But uh, this was also like eye opening going back to actually, you know, having a real estate agent that has a heart, has a heart, and then having one that's just about business. Their whole like, let's decide who can sell this one house. Like, this value will make this competition. And then um, the one that she picks is like, for like I think like like thirty thousand dollars maybe like which isn't twenty nine in the one that he picks is like around five <laughs> pretty million ma- pretty much maxed out I think it was like four hundred and fifty millions in like he was going for the win but uh yeah the story that he shared Oshirio of like why he wanted the house it mattered yeah it definitely mattered and you know just you know listening to his story. I had the same mindset as Tasumi. I, I assume he wanted a big house. Uh, he said his wife died and he wanted room for his three three kids to come visit along with their family. So I'm expecting that he wants a lot of room. But I like the way that uh, Smile read it. Pretty much like he's going to be here most of the time by himself. <laughs> so yeah. what's the point of having a mansion if you're going to live into it, live in it by yourself, which could be lonely as fuck. And like she said, it's going to be hard to keep up when he's by himself. So, um, I liked how she read it versus how I did. <laughs> she, she like cut to the heart of what do you want to do with your family? What do you want to do when you're alone? And like, like it felt like a cool, cozy place to like just be with people. And like, it felt like, oh, this is a place where you can watch kids play versus this is a place where you can like have big empty rooms and like hear yourself like walking 20 seconds, like later from the echo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I liked how he like um the um for Tatsumi he like went to the site and like made the carpenter um break bad and then like killed him and like fought like Fua <laughs> and just like wow he's like active yeah. just an asshole he's like he's he's probably one of the best antagonists so far he's probably one of my favorites in Kamen Rider like when they have like an active kind of like character who could like cross over and like fit like in like a like larger arc like this like there's like once in a while there's like a monster of the week like oh this could be like a recurring character for a while that's like keeps being this like like they're like much more of like a third party and like that's what he feels like but yeah yeah and i want to say we probably will see him but then again you can just use the, the progress key or whatever key that they're using to have the same suit, because I think we need to see that suit a couple of more times. <laughs> and then uh, they um bring the worker back to life after like 
they have like a conversation like about like profit, which is cool. Like I like that um, our common writer comedian CEO is anti corporate, like he should be. <laughs> He's concerned because like he wants to like do what's right for like his company, which is profits. But then he's like, oh, also people's smiles and like that matters. What's ethically fucked up to me is that he remakes that carpenter dude five times into like his own Sentai team t- to like remake the house. Mm-hmm. It's like, that seems like <laughs> how much money is a human gear to make? And also, <laughs> that's a consciousness. You made five versions of the same dude. That's kind yeah. of fucked up if you think they're people, <laughs> right? That kind of reminded me of the uh, Mr. Assassin. Remember, like, five Yeah, That kind of made me uh, remember him a little bit. So maybe he keeps his team around and uses them for, you know, fix up things around the the city. I don't know. I'm just trying to help out my boy, Rudo. (laughs) But uh, this fucking raider is fucking stalking the hell out of Fua, though. Yeah, he, like... Like, full on this episode, like, Pretty much got in his head. Like they need to use like their power ups, mm-hmm. uh, which is like interesting since like they could like completely like they were like dominating like the like normal like magi or so it's like cool like it's like also the bad guys are also like leveling up which is fun. And um, I I'll be honest I forget like how the episode actually ends. Is it like another fight in? Yeah. So pretty much. Uh... Aruto defeats Splashing Well, which was a okay. much needed victory. And then he beats the shit out of him, actually, now that I remember. <laughs> yeah, then Tasumi goes into this tangent about him realizing that he was doing whatever it takes uh not to lose and it was hard for him to accept defeat. And then he didn't realize that, you know, even though he was growing up in a hard time, he actually had a lot of good times in that small uh apartment. Then it kind of closed out from there. I don't think anything else happened from there. His memories were filmed like very like black and white, like sixties, like weird urban, like traditional Japanese like cinema. But then like when they came back to color, like it also looked like it was like more modern times too. Or it's like oh, like all of a sudden it's not like this weird like Kurosawa movie. It's like <laughs> a real family. <laughs> Sometimes things are worse in your memory or like mm-hmm. more extreme. But yeah, um, they sell their home from Sumida, but then they still lose like, since it's like not worth a lot of money. And like, it's like a, another loss here. And I'm wondering what is going to happen. Cause it almost seems like they might lose all five in a row. Yeah. Technically this was a loss, right? I'm not sure yeah. if they clarified it, it. but uh, when she was negotiating, like, why it was twenty nine million? She said it would go up based off renovations, but they never really said how much she's going to use for renovations. So, um, I'm pretty sure they're down zero two right now. It's still probably like um, what like under like hundred thousand dollars like in like U S. So so that's not a lot for a house, right? <laughs> when you um like your budget was closer to like five million like U S. That's not a lot. Like you like sold way less there, but yeah. And this competition they're having, is it best out of five or best out of... Uh, it's just five, I think. <laughs> when like, five? I guess, That's a long arc. I'm wondering... It's probably going to change arc, soon. Yeah. yeah, they can end the arc next week or with the next episode and just have like best out of five, which is three wins. Or they could just have 
team hitting intelligence going a crazy run and just win three in a row to kind of like speed it up. I'm wondering if it's just going to be that like at the end they've lost like zero and five, but it's like, but we won the hearts and minds <laughs> and like, it's some kind of like big yeah. fight as like, there's like the cast that was like that 10 episode, like guests like comes back and says, Hey, you could do it. Like, I believe I love them. Yeah, I totally, I totally see that happening. But no. Um, so what are our thoughts towards where zero one's going next? Like, wh- what do you expect? Uh, well, this tournament is fun and all, but I feel like this is just like filler episodes. Um, I think the only thing at stake right now is Aruto still losing hidden intelligence. Um, so we'll see where that goes. But um, this this is fun filler. Uh, I'm not complaining yeah. about the episodes, but uh, I just feel like they're like stalling until like a ma- another major threat comes up because even though Guy is the antagonist of this uh plot so far. I do feel like the Raider in the background is kind of like the new big bag lurking until the next art begins. Mm-hmm. And uh, with all the questions that Fu has been asking Hirobi, it seems like Hirobi knew who this person is. But like he said, since he was been detached from the arc, he for- lost kind of like most of his memory. So I don't really know who this person is. It sounds like a female, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it's Jen, to be honest. I'm wondering... We mentioned like a few episodes that um, there were like four characters in Metsubo Jinra and we've met three people. Chances mm-hmm. are there's like a fourth person and it's like a woman. Um, but no, um, what I'm interested in here is that we're not ha- we're not even halfway through, through the show. Like this is probably going to run for like 48 or like 49 episodes. So like we're like getting towards halfway and like w- there's not been much kind of like fluffier episodes right now. There's been like four. And then we're going to, like, I would not be surprised if soon we see, like, them establish stakes, like, either through, like, like, here's somebody dying, or, like, here's this next part of this threat, like, Metsu Bojinro's back or whatever, or, like, there's some kind of, like, power-up or something, like, but, like, the 20s are a very interesting time for, like, a lot of Kamen Rider shows, because, like, they're established, but they aren't in their endgame yet. So there tends to be lots of interesting fights and like interesting like character like arcs and like alliances. So I'm like hopeful because around this time is where you get a lot of the like the more dynamic parts of the show. Like once you get in like the mid twenties. Okay. Yeah, this is my first run with the Comrider franchise this far. Um, over this podcast, I usually check in for like <laughs> a couple episodes here and there. Um, but uh, so this would be my first full run. But uh, so far, so good. I'm um, looking forward to the next few episodes and seeing where they go from there. But uh, pretty much still excited week to week to check it out. Give you a power up, cowards. Yeah, I'm tired of getting my man getting his ass whooped. I mean, he finally be splashing well. But uh, man, he's just getting owned every single episode. And um, like I said, for a minute, I thought Assaulting Wolf was stronger than Shining Hopper. But who knows? But, I yeah. don't know, cause like he used like Shining Assault Hopper, and like he's used like Still he's used like Shining Hopper once or twice since then. And is it me or is Fua pretty much having the the effects of assaulting Wolf under control now? I don't see him coughing up blood anymore. Well, now it's not like so powerful, so like it's like under control. Like that's like like the wave of it. I think. Okay, so 
he's not going to be coughing up blood anymore. He might. Like, I'm not sure. Like, it's like he probably just like trained with it or something or like adjusted. I oh. hope that like they actually give something for Yua, though. Like, there's definitely something like done like next for Aruto and probably for like Fua, but like, I don't want like her to be like six power ups like behind them or something. Like, yeah, but I, I just I just feel like she doesn't need a power up at this moment. Like, what would be a reason she needs one? Who's she fighting? You know what I mean? She breaks her relationship with a guy and she gets a power up. Yeah, and, that that would be yeah. the reason. But as of right now, I don't really see the need to give her one. My main prediction going forward is that I think guy is gonna break Aruto somehow. Not like permanently, but I think he's going to like make him have like a nervous breakdown or like make him have like a loss of faith, like even just for an episode. That's his goal. And it, like one thing Covenant loves to do is have like characters have to kind of like reevaluate and reassert like their beliefs in like a new way after they've kind of been like after they've been defeated. And like I think that's to come because I think like guy so badly wants to break our to like mentally. Yeah, but uh I've only seen it happen a, like a few times. I don't think it's happened to the point that I think it's gonna crush him. But uh what would be a reason that he crushes him? Like is it something to his grandfather, like some kind of news? Cause that that seems like what Aruto's insecure about right now is the relationship that this guy and his grandfather had. That's the only thing that he cares about. <laughs> he's like, you know what I'm saying? He's always asking him, how does he know his grandfather? So I think that's alluding to something, some kind of bomb being dropped in the next couple of episodes. Like maybe he has something to do with his grandfather's death or I don't know. Maybe he makes Aruto kill a human gear. Okay. That makes sense. I like that. Uh, yeah. We should uh, like sign off actually. We're- and uh, for next time, we are looking at Kamen Rider Black episodes one and two. And um, yeah, it it is like really exciting to look at um, the king of the 80s. Like this show was so popular. And it's like such a weird like cultural point. But yeah, like I'm like very excited. What about you, James? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And um, where can they find you, James? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under PopCultNet. Yeah, you can also find me on Apple or wherever you get your podcast under the same title, PopCultNet. All right. And you can find me at James Forge on Twitter. And starting Valentine's Day, my new podcast, No Reflections, Reflection on Vampires Kid Media, wherever podcasts are sold. Oh, whatever. But no. Um, but no. And you can find the show um, on Twitter.com at Come Ride With Me, hashtag Come Ride With Me. Send questions in to podcasts at Come Ride With Me.com. Find all of our episodes wherever podcasts are sold and on Come Ride With Me.com. And thanks to Berserk for our theme song, Come Ride Love Song. And yeah, so each and every time, James, what do we tell them? <laughs> Watch Come Ride Her and do drugs. <laughs> yeah you heard it here for first kids do drugs um and watch token <laughs>